thanks for joining us. This is Sipping Tea with Nat and Z. I'm Nat. And I'm Z. Hello, hello. Hola. Come estas? Konnichiwa. All that, you know, c'est bon, whatever, bonjour. Yes, all, all of that. Good stuff. I apologize in advance for my voice is a bit raspy and deep from singing and screaming for Janet Jackson last week. Thoroughly enjoyed the concert. People in the stands, are, I'm sure, were quite upset. Look, oh, look him open for her. Yeah, I saw that because Ludacris is getting his Hollywood Walk of Fame. Right, right. So, um, yeah, so we didn't get there till like maybe near the end of Lil' Kim. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of glad we did. Let's just say that. And then she tried to do the Rhythm Nation tribute to Janet. No. Nah. It just wasn't hitting. And then... She tried to keep up with the dun, 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 whatever you know. What I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm doing it like y'all can see, but Z can see. So <laughs> yeah, it was. And then she just the lights went out, and we were like, "Is it? Is she done? Is she done?" And then the lights came back on, and we were like, "I guess so." So it was very anticlimactic. Well, let's just say, let me just say, maybe you know. She just wasn't fully prepared because they had months to prepare for this concert, right? They did, but maybe they knew that she was step. I don't know. I, I try. You know, I love. Lil Kim's been on tour so, for a minute. I've been seeing her stuff on IG and yeah, her doing but, the. You know what I'm talking about? That little but, dance she be doing. Yeah, but being on tour and preparing for tour are two different things. True that. And after several uh, contortions to her body, it just doesn't move the same. It does not. So I try to give her the benefit of the doubt, but I, I, I'll just leave it at that. Like, yeah, I mean, I think she was definitely made an effort, but it was like those of us that know her from back in the day. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, it's think about it this way: like, you look at Janet. Janet's fifty-six years old. Mm-hmm. I don't know how little Kim is, but I know she's not fifty-six. She's about our age, probably. Yeah, and just looking at the difference. In performance style, regardless if they Janet got rid of one whip or not, I don't know. That's is that like an urban myth? Anyway, any contortions or anything that she may have gotten done to her body, she looks amazing. She's the mm-hmm. first half of the show. She just did a lot of shoulder movements, mm-hmm. but the second, <laughs> but the second part of the show, she danced her ass off. For I was like, okay, hashtag goals. Well, because get... she probably was trying to conserve her energy for right. the first half. It was like, mm, Look, just so get... I can get it for the yeah. for the end. And then you have to also think, like, Janet hasn't been, like, consistently touring. Yeah. Like, some people, like, for example, Usher. Usher is going to give you the same. He's going to make sure that his dance moves are, like, on dancing point. moves. I'm trying right. To, we're trying to go see Usher in October. There's a lot of people, like, I mean, Beyonce, she's yeah. going to give you... You know, even though people have been saying, well, we'll save that for the hot tea. Let's yeah, just go ahead yeah. into uh, the tea the of the day. For and, day. And, oh, yeah, the tea, the topic of the day is called resentment. Yeah. Um, And we have a good conversation set up for this. Uh, But what is the, the tea on the table, man? So the tea on the table, to continue our series of highlighting places to have high tea in the DMV, we are going with Kingbird. It is the Watergate Hotel's Kingbird restaurant. Um, a couple years ago, they got in a bit of a hot tea, haha, <laughs> pun intended, when a $400 cup of tea showed up on the menu. And they were like, I'm sorry, $400 for some tea. So that was soon adjusted. Um, now there's weekend afternoon tea that's much more reasonable for $75. Um, I don't know if the $400 tea is really still on there, but hey, go for what you know. It is D.C. Some folks got it like that. So it has a swinging 60s theme menu, um, has retro desserts, finger sandwiches, um, and that feature Ivy City smoked salmon with caviar and bottomless tea. So it's Watergate downtown, waterfront property right next to the uh, Kennedy Center. Check it out. That, I oh. mean, if you balling like that, you can get right. that four hundred dollar cup of tea, knock yourself out. But uh, yeah, see, I think that that might be on a summer um outing. This yeah, year. 
And if you're, if you know, the Watergate is very famous during the Nixon presidency. Mm-hmm. So there's also a bit of history there. So if you'd like to go and see where he got got, that's yeah. a great place to, to do it. And how they refurbished. I went there two years ago when they had the igloos outside. Mm-hmm. That was really nice. And then uh, the year after, I went for happy hour for some, and the, the bar decor is gorgeous. Like, however they remodeled, it's absolutely stunning. And the bathrooms are banging, too. Oh, yeah. I'm and the rooftop. Adventure. And the I'm, rooftop I may, bar. may yeah. have to venture down there. Very, okay. very luxe and very, ooh, I feel fancy. I wouldn't you show could. up there in t- Tim's in a t-shirt. I would and they probably go. wouldn't let you in with Tim's you, in a no, t-shirt. No, I, I doubt they would. Maybe them so. Tim boots. You know them Tim boots from back in the day? You mean those Manolo Blahniks? Yeah. With the high heels? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, Who's maybe because it has a heel on it, but check it out. Who's nice spot. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, hot tea, not a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I saw the Color Purple trailer today dropped. Um, oh, really? So for those of you who don't know, they are doing a redo of the Color Purple, but they're basing <sighs> it off of the stage play. Oprah is producing it. I think Steven Spielberg does have something to do with it because I saw his name in the credits. Quincy Jones is still a part of it. Oh. Um, you have Fantasia playing Seely. You have Danielle Brooks playing um, Miss Sophia. Hallie Bailey, who is also in The Little Mermaid, mm-hmm. um, is playing Seely's sister from when they were younger. Oh. Um, Taraji P. Henson is uh, Suge Avery. Um, I can see that. I don't know who's playing young Fantasia. I think she's a newcomer. Um Domingo Coleman is playing um, Mr. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, gosh. I can't remember his name. Uh, he played Dr. Dre in the... Um, oh, him. In the movie, Straight Outta Compton. Jumanji, too? I don't know. With, uh, with, the, with the Rock? I feel like he did. I don't remember him and in Kevin Jumanji. Hart. Maybe he was in it, but I know the guy that played Dre, Dr. Dre, in the Straight Outta Compton movies in it. Uh, her is in it. I believe she's Squeak. I think she's Squeak. So it's look, it looks pretty good. So I'm excited to see it. Um, okay. I did tear up a little bit, but it also could be because I'm PMSing. So who's to say? Hey, and I've okay, had a yeah. week and it's, well, I've had a, 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 a rough couple of days. So that also could be it too. Mm-hmm. Um but it was it but it was good. So definitely something I'm gonna check out. It comes out Christmas of, of this nice. year. So um so uh there has been rumors that Jonathan Majors and Megan Good are an item, and then photos came out recently with them getting off a plane holding hands. When did it she literally, get divorced? I'm all late. They they she's been divorced for a minute. Hmm. Um if there ever was a time there I've always been I know that there are PR stunts, right? And I fully understand the, the Hollywood machine. And I mm-hmm. understand that certain things, certain relationships take place to do certain things for artists, right? right. And actors. And um, and I, I know that. But there was still a part of me that just felt like there are some people whose integrity just would not allow them to engage in such activities. Right. And I still not saying that Jonathan Majors is guilty, not guilty, right? I'm, I'm from a legal perspective. I'm just waiting for all the facts to be presented before I make a decision. And I have my own personal opinions on a lot of things that I'm not going to share on this because <laughs> I like to <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to share on this. However, um, I this is the first time where I've fully committed to, yes, this is a PR stunt. Mm. Um, this man has not been one to date us his dating history has not really? really been us so the fact that now all of a sudden he's dating us and not just us someone who's been on men's top 10 list for a very 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 long time just seems and she's not like she is a a how can i put this she's not a zoe saldana black chick oh. she's not a um halle berry black girl she is definitely the Nia Long black girl, the Regina King black girl. So you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. She's, she, and I mean, she can teeter, but she's definitely the black girl's black girl. And what I mean by that is like, Hallie always seemed like very unattainable, black woman, but very unattainable. Right. 
she is a beautiful woman that men like, oh, I can, that looks like something I can do. You understand right, what I'm saying? Right, right, Like, okay, um, I, could, I could get that maybe. Yes. I could, I could get to that level. Yes. Right. And she's also not somebody that anybody would consider a pass around. Like the relationship she has been in have been very long term, serious relationships. Right. Like she was with Thomas Jones. He's a football. He's he's an ex football player. If you watch P Valley, he is oh, in P Valley. Um, he then she was married for a while. I feel like she was with another. I feel like she was with someone else before Thomas Jones or somewhere in between. I read recently somebody she was dating. I was like, dang, she was dating him. Didn't even know. Um, right. You don't hear about so much about. You don't. And yeah. people been giving her a lot of slack because they're like, girl, how much was the check? Because why would you do this? Why would you align yourself with someone who is in this kind of a situation? Now, benefit of the doubt, maybe she was the person he was texting that caused the altercation between him and this girl. Maybe. So maybe she was in it before him and really whatever. I don't know. A lot of people now are saying it makes sense because she just put out recently that Jim Brown, uh-huh. football player, old head, right, 60s, he was her godfather. And if you he know, was. yes, and if you know, Jim you Brown. know, Jim Brown has been mm. linked to a lot of domestic abuse. He um, was accused of throwing his girlfriend out of a window. That's yep. a story. Uh, window. I've seen pictures of her the girl being carted off into you know, I watched the Playboy documentary his name was brought up a couple times and that. I, so I was watching that stuff that yeah, yeah. he was. Because he was always at the mansion. Yes, yes, always. So a lot of people are saying, okay, now it makes sense. Because, of course, this is the type of man she would get with. Now, I am going to say this, right? Uh-huh. She is, how can I put this? We tend to try to hold women accountable for the actions of the men they're with. Mm. If he physically harmed his ex, he physically harmed his ex. You cannot hold her accountable for actions that he engaged in mm-hmm. prior to the relationship. Agreed. However, there is something to be said about someone being associated with somebody who is allegedly being, who is allegedly a, an abuser. Yeah. But I'll say that this new generation picks and chooses how they want to see things because yeah. Chris Brown literally beat the brakes off of Rihanna. We saw the pictures. Right. He beat that girl Up. upside her head. And people still going to this man's concerts. Nobody. So, but let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. At what point do you. do? Are they abusive forever? And I don't are, think. And how do we. If they're trying to get therapy or do better. So that as much as we talk about therapy. I know this is like a sidebar, but. Mm-hmm. Um. There are, there are abusers that get into therapy and they change and they go on with the rest of their life and never assault anyone else again, mm-hmm. right? So is that person always deemed an abuser regardless of what they did? So does that invalidate the therapy that we often promote? Because I yes, just... he did that and that's and he's a product of his environment because of what he saw growing up. Good, bad, or indifferent. He's mimicking what is... And you already know there's some other stuff going on with Chris, mm-hmm. you know, so, and then there's the poking the bear thing where some chicks just do stuff to see if a doodle, I mean, I'm not saying it's good, but they chicks that bait. So how do we reconcile at what point? Cause I haven't heard of anything else that we know of with Chris since Rihanna. And that was when he was like late, early. Oh, 20s. then you haven't been paying attention. Yeah, I haven't. Like has, I don't. Yeah. He has been linked to being abusive to Karuchi. Um, oh, that's right. I take that back. I did take about her back. Yeah. And then, the, I mean, the there have, yeah. And then there have been other situations where people try to pin stuff on him, but it hasn't stuck. Got it. I'm just going to say, I'm not, I'm, I'm not discounting that people can change because they absolutely can. 
my thing is you need to see the change, right? Yeah. And people need to really like. I'm not. I'm not going to say that Chris Brown is still an abuser. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to say is you need to stop putting yourself into situations where people can keep continue to put that label on you and stop doing things. Yeah. And and finding yourself in situations where people consistently put that on you. Like with Usher situation and all that yeah. with them with they said Usher and Chris Brown last week. Oh that. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, even with that, like I know like and, and the actually the direction I was going with this is people didn't hold Rihanna to the same accountability as I feel like they're holding Megan good to. And maybe it's because she was the victim, but she got back with Chris Brown and is still friends with this guy. Right. Like they're still friends. Mm -hmm. So yes, people can change. I believe that, but I feel like people need to have, like, I just feel like we just live in this culture where people pick and choose when they want to have smoke with people. Like I never liked Taylor Swift. I still don't like Taylor Swift. And it does not surprise me that now she has aligned herself with someone who is very, has been, um, accused of and has been heard promoting white supremacy has oh, engaged in being um, gratified by watching porn where black women are humiliated, degraded, hurt. And um, so it's just a lot. Right. And her fans yeah. are still like, well, I'm, I'm still T Taylor Swift. I'm like, okay. Like y'all don't see what's going on here. Um, but that's oh, wow. a story for another day. But, yeah, that I, is. but, I'm not going to, the jury's still out in that whole situation. Yeah. I'm not going to make heads or tails of it, but it just is what it is. But, okay, that's enough. <laughs> we can take a quick break <laughs> and come back with the actual topic, which is resentment. Right. <laughs> like we said, the topic today is resentment. And I think a lot of people are maybe quick to say what they think resentment is or that they feel resentment or what situations can foster resentment. But it is a complex emotion that can arise from so many experiences, a variety of experiences, such as feeling slighted or wronged by another person, a perception of injustice or unfairness, or experiencing a sense of powerlessness or helplessness. I think that's a big one. And um, it's in tying back to the article, or the article, the episode, sorry, that we did last week about being bitter. It's also a feeling of bitterness or anger that can be directed towards individuals, groups, or even society as a whole. And I think that it's a broader, um, significant word um, and concept considering the state of the world today. Mm. and stuff so i think it's very um timely that we're talking about it because of people's actions and the tit for tat and just people feeling like they're owed something for for society's purposes and they feel margin the people that aren't marginalized are feeling marginalized and feeling some sense of resentment right so and you know there are always signs um that you know one can look at to determine whether or not resentment is living within you or maybe even living in someone close to you. Mm -hmm. So it can appear in many different forms. Um, And you can tell if you or someone else is harboring resentment, if you see um, continual or recurring feelings of a strong emotion, like anger, um, when you think about a specific interaction or experience, Um, the inability like we talked about this to stop thinking about an event that triggered strong emotions. We talked about this when we talked about bitterness, feelings of regret. We talked about what feelings of regret can do to one. um, If you, if you haven't found the tools to navigate through that fear or avoidance of conflict. I think sometimes people don't realize that when you avoid certain things, a buildup can Mm. occur. Mm. Um, Tense relationships, whether it's tense familial relationships, like we see this a lot with parent to child um, and feeling invisible, inadequate or less than. So when we were talking about the signs of resentment, I was like, I can point out so many times in my life, (laughs) (laughs) very from in the past to very recent, Mm -hmm. some things that were very small to some things that were like 
large and looming situations right. that happen that I'm like, oh, um, I still feel a tinge of resentment over some situations in my life um, that happened over the course of my life. Um, definitely not as strong as I have before, but definitely it's there. And I think for me, some of the biggest signs for me that that I've had resentment are like the feeling of regret, um, the fear and avoidance of conflict, and the, sometimes the inability to stop thinking about an event. Yeah. Um, case in point, I had a, a conversation with my sister yesterday, and I forgot we start. We, we were all over the place, and I'm all over the place sometimes, especially mm-hmm. the last few day few days. I've just been mentally all over the place, and my sister was talking about she's getting a new manager. And the manager, she doesn't know this person and, and she started having a lot of anxiety and mm-hmm. just just feeling like it was just bubbling over. And she was actually triggered about something that happened at her other job. Mm-hmm. And that because she got a new manager and that manager was just an asshole. So she got triggered by that. Right. And then it became an inability to stop thinking about that event. And it, like. Yeah. And so she was carrying it into this meeting with her new boss. And then she started to talk about all of the moving pieces that brought them to the situation. And I had to talk her off the ledge like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because what you don't realize is in that there is going to be some resentment. You're going to start resenting your new boss, your Mm. your bosses for putting you in a situation. And you're not even giving this person the benefit of the chance. And there's probably a lot of resentment left over from how that last job ended. Mm which is causing you now to have these feelings like about if. something that hasn't even occurred. You don't right. even really know how this person's going to be. And the only reason why I was able to walk her through that is because I had to do that for <laughs> myself. <laughs> so, I mean, fear, I mean, I'm pretty sure there've been situations where you've avoided conflict. Oh yeah. For a long oh. time. Oh. And then that shit boiled over. Yes, you, yes. I think y'all, you, you and Nicole were there one time. Oh, okay. When when I built up stuff that I just wanted to get over, and I resented the situation, and I just needed it to. When we had that roommate, when Nicole. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I mm-hmm. was like, "Why is this person still here?" Mm-hmm. And just showing up, and then it built up. It built up, and then you know, it kind of. I went into a whole other zone. Mm-hmm. That I normally I stepped outside of myself. Mm-hmm. I, I left my body. Yes. Because it had built up. Yes. Yes. And I feel like that is a, a thing that we don't talk about enough. I feel mm-hmm. like people who fear or avoid conflict. I don't fear conflict. Mm-hmm. I tend to avoid it. Right. And I and I think when people feel like you avoid something, it's just like you are fearful of that interaction. Right. Sometimes that for me, that's not the case. I avoid conflict because I will go the fuck off. <laughs> I will go off. I will black out. And there is just like nothing yeah. after that point. Because mm. I'm one of those type of people that I just like eat stuff. And I'm like, I'm just going to eat that because I think through it. And I'm like, is this really something yes. to, to say something about? Is the and fallout I'll eat worth it. it? Is the fallout worth it? Or is the, me mentioning it is going to be worth it? Is right. a person going to receive what I'm saying? Right enough for me to move past it right Mm -hmm. if they're not then i'm just putting a lot of stress and pressure on myself Mm -hmm. for For an expectation for an expectation right that may never come to resolution exactly but you can only do that for so So long it's poking the bear it is and then i am like the built-up anchor like i always say my husband's zero to 60 right zero and then he's 60. <laughs> I am 0, 35, 45, 55, Girl, me too. 75, 120. Yeah. To the point that there's a clutching of the pearls like, what happened? I don't understand. Why did she act like that? Yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. I never yes. knew. Yes. Because so. I know when that happened, for whatever I said, when y'all told you and Nicole said I said something, I blacked out and Nicole was like, Mm -hmm. I just don't ever want to make Natalie mad. Yeah. Because I've never seen that side of her. And I, to this day, I don't remember what I said. 
But that's like you said, it just, there's a point where you just blow up and black. You blow up. And I think that the point where you blow up is the resentment. You have finally got to a point where you're resenting the fact that this person isn't respecting the fact yes. that you have been on chill for so long and right. now you have oh. lost it. So and I they think look at that, you like you crazy. Exactly. But that has a negative impact on your mental health. Oof. Girl, yes. And then some. On so many levels. You know, it's normal for us to resent to have that emotion to resent certain situations, right? But like like Z said, if it is not addressed, it can be extremely harmful. Holding on to it can lead to a range of negative emotions, anger, bitterness, and depression. I did a um a, a workshop this weekend for our chapter on depression. I facilitated that a discussion on that. And the group of ladies we were talking with resentment came up a number of times on how they how it fed into them being depressed and not telling people mm. what was going on mm -hmm. and it just kept eating it and eating mm -hmm. it and eating it and it affected them and their mental health and their physical health to until they were d going down a spiral yeah you know because think about it when you keep swallowing stuff Yo. it's just like if you're eating right food you at some point you if you're if you just keep eating at some point you're going to explode right yeah. you're going to vomit everywhere that is basically what holding on all that stuff and resentment can do it could literally explode into this vomit of anger and yeah. bitterness and depression and anxiety like all over the place it touches yeah. everything it really does it's like the like on a spoke on a wheel that resentment mm -hmm. is in the middle Mm -hmm, and those mm -hmm. spokes and they touch every aspect of your life, whether mm -hmm. it's subconscious or not. Mm -hmm. And it really can manifest in ways, blood pressure, not sleeping or not eating, eating mm -hmm. too much. Mm -hmm. You know, it's common. And most people, like I said, you know, feel that they it comes out of anger because they're being ignored. It's unfair treatment. You know, for example, like a person might understandably resent a, uh, a parent after years of abuse. And I've seen this when I used to work in a psychiatric hospital for kids and the anger that they, the, some of the children felt based on the abuse that had unfortunately put them in the position that they were in because they felt there was no justice to their situation at all. And then they begin to feel like the victim in every situation. And then that can manifest into an altered perception of reality. There are people that I know that everything is woe is me. They got a problem for every solution because they've been victimized or they feel victimized for so long that resentment has just led them to see any positive anything about life. These are the people that I say all the time that look to be offended. And yes. it's because for situations like you just said, like sometimes people who look to be offended look to be offended because like you said, something happened that has caused some level of resentment. Yep. And that resentment has built up to the point where they feel like I didn't receive justice in this situation. So everything is an injustice. Yes. And so everything. anything that you say is an injustice and they are going to oh. just develop this altered, like you said, they just have to have a negative yes. reaction to everything and have an altered perception of reality. Mm -hmm. They're never going to, like you say, see a positive outcome to For anything. Nothing. Yes. I saw this. I don't know if you know about the podcast called The Crew. It's four mm -hmm. men that talk about life and real shit and how men should be responding and women should be interacting. It's mm -hmm. four black men, different. Um, I, I, I recommend it, uh, podcast. It's great. Mm -hmm. um, but they talked, one of the ones I was watching was how men aren't, the perception that men are not stepping up. Mm -hmm. And one of the guys sounded just like what we're talking about with everything with the man and every situation, he was the victim. He's mm -hmm. like, we're never going to get that way as black people because we never get together. We can never make it work. We can never, 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 never. That's just how it is. That's just how it is. And the other guys were like, dude, you got, you can't keep blaming at things on everybody else. And you just, he's like, but man, that's just how it is. It's just how it is. That's the world we live in. And something and, happened and to him. Yes. Right. Something that caused did, him I'm to sure. be that resentful of everything everything so yeah it's just and how and you think about when you interact with people that talk like that 
the negative Nancy's of the world will say. Mm-hmm. It is just draining. It's it can intoxicate a person. It can lend to to rage and a false sense of power. Um, and it doesn't encourage a healthy form of expression. Mm-hmm. I think this causes people to rage out mm-hmm. and they don't realize what the consequences are, but it's because something else, it's like that straw that broke the camel's back. Mm-hmm. It's not the straw that they resent. It's all the stuff that has built up in that one last thing mm-hmm. tips. It gives a tipping point. And, you know, it's, and it turns, it keeps moving and going and growing. And when it goes unchecked, it grows into hatred, which I think mm-hmm. speaking to today's society, the vitriol that you hear about and see on the different platforms, it's, it's crazy sometimes. I'm like, what are you so upset about? Because it it's intoxicating. It's like, it's intoxicating. Yeah. Bandwagon. For some people being angry isn't, is intoxicating. It's yes. like a drug Drama. because it makes you feel like you have all this power, right? This mm-hmm. bravado, this, you know, when you get angry, Think about how strong you feel sometimes. But actually, your anger is not a strength. It is a weakness. And that resentment is actually the gas, (laughs) so so to say, in that, right? And, you know, I see resentment a lot. I mean, people have resentment in their jobs. Mm -hmm. We see this in the government a lot. A lot of people feel slighted, like they didn't get ahead. There's a lot of resentment towards other people because they feel like they got the opportunity that they should have had. We talked about this with bitterness, right? Right. But I feel like the the biggest place that we see this intoxication, so to speak, (laughs) how resentment actually shows up and where we can all probably identify is when we're talking about relationships. And I'm not just talking about intimate relationships and talk about right. familial relationships too because i think the, a lot of my resentment if i have had to look at the, the spectrum of my resentment mm-hmm. the majority of it would go towards familial relationships right. right um and it you know it's not uncommon for and when i shouldn't say intimate relationships because familial relationships are intimate relationships yeah. um so it's not uncommon for you know resentment to build up in these types of relationships and especially the long term ones so yes family relationships are definitely long term relationships mm-hmm. but like marriages right um long term partnerships um Some and there are a few yes friendships oh great friendships yeah i didn't even think about that um so some of the common things we found to show up like resentment, some of the causes of resentment mm-hmm. that show up in relationships, they include some things. We're going to go through this and go back because we talked about this at, at, a little bit before and when we were prepping this, but like keeping score. So that's a big mm-hmm. one. That's a so, and I think that that's probably the biggest one that yeah, you see in relationships. Sure. Like somebody feels like they're doing all the heavy lifting mm-hmm. of the relationship. And because of that, they start to resent the partner. Right. So, you know, if you're somebody who's always in, charge of the housework or the child care mm-hmm. or being the primary bed breadwinner or um always being the one to initiate an emotional connection mm. and intimacy that is going to start to build Ooh, a lot of resentment on you absolutely but we're going to come back to that one because that one's a big one mm-hmm. um if there's an un- unbalanced power dynamic right so if one partner in the relationship feels constantly overpowered or mm-hmm. steamrolled over or unheard, they'll start to develop some resentment. Mm-hmm. Health and medical issues. I think when it comes to keeping score, yes. health and medical issues is probably the second thing on the list, in my opinion, if I had to rank these, because yeah. I have seen many situations where the, and I'm talking about, again, family and, you know, like romantic relationships, mm-hmm. um, where one person in the relationship is diagnosed with some type of chronic mental illness a medical health issue whatever it is and that means that their partner has to step up and take on the additional role of a caregiver yep and then over time that partner's caregiver is going to start to feel resentment because they're starting to feel like their own needs aren't being met yeah so we're going to get back to that Mm -hmm. and then hurtful words the longer that a a couple spends time together or a long you know the longer that you are in this relationship the more likely you're going to say something and it's going to be perceived as being hurtful to the other person. So if you're not communicating openly when you feel hurt, like we said, sometimes Mm -hmm. you have the fear or avoidance of conflict, right? There's going to be a higher chance of feeling 
resentment. And then that resentment can end relationships because it bubbles. And then, you know what I'm saying? And it's hard to get a deeper connection when you feel that resentment. But if you can work through that resentment, you can deepen your connection. So going back to the keeping score, Mm -hmm. that I feel like when I said that's the biggest one, when you look at people who okay so i was watching this clip and it's it's if i can find it on tiktok again it's some i don't know if this is real therapy i don't know but there's this woman and she's in she's like giving therapy to these couples and this one particular couple is a black couple and the wife is there's a the wife has a lot of resentment but so does the husband right the wife is is resents her husband because she is the breadwinner she told Mm -hmm. her like they had this agreement that he would stay home with the child for a certain amount of time and then he would go back to work and he's still not back to work. She's been the primary breadwinner working 70 hours a week Ooh. to take care of this family. Not And then on top of that, this man then cheated on her multiple times. On top of that, tried to justify his cheating saying, I didn't do it at home. It what? wasn't in our zip code. I what? did it out the country. You got holes in different I did codes? it. Yes. So, and then she didn't ask me the right question. She's like, I've been asking you and asking you and asking you and you never answer me. And he says, well, she finally asked the appropriate question. Did you ever step out? Like, I guess how she originally asked it wasn't that way. It was a crazy. And then he said, well, I was in Columbia, the country, not the city here in Maryland. Was he a passport brother? I was, yeah, I was in Columbia and I was calling her and I told her how much I missed her and how much I was missing her physically and intimately and she said well i thought you would have handled that by now he took that as oh i can go out here and have sex with some of these columbia women she was like no i was talking about masturbation how sorry did we get to how do you go from that to what so she had she a just lot wanted of the opportunity space right. she thought it was a hall pass yes exactly yes so these ninjas out i there. i you could see the resentment there rightfully so right yeah because she was keeping score i will also say that at some point she had to take the responsibility of continuing to be in that situation because here's the thing you could keep keeping score i do all this i'm the primary breadwinner i'm the one who's trying to do this i'm the one who's trying to do that you're keeping score now you've built up resentment but have you what have you done to try now you're in therapy but you're in therapy and it is I don't see how y'all coming back from this. Right. Might be a wrap. I've been in situations where I've kept score. Me too. too. (laughs) We just got quiet. (laughs) (laughs) We think about them situations. (laughs) (laughs) When you be like, you know what, Lord? Lord. Yeah. Lord. But it's human. It I've is. done it. I know people. So I've been in this situation where somebody was keeping score with me, a friendship. And the friendship was ending. And I explained to them how hurt I was by something they did. Right. And they started to list out, I've always thought I was a better friend to you than you were for me. And here are all the reasons why. <laughs> I was like, God, damn. Okay. First of all, it wasn't rooted in reality. Again, an alter perception yes this person had an altered perception right because of something that happened that i wasn't a part of they have now taken that altered reality and put it on me and the things that they were keeping score i was like what are you talking about and this was a friendship that we had that was decades in the making right this is like pettiness because then then i think pettiness braids into resentment yeah for sure yeah. And it just kind of stokes the fires. Pettiness is the coals that get that stuff popping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I'm going to be petty now. Just because I resent you, I'm going to do this shit to annoy you. Yeah. And now you've triggered the other person. You've triggered yourself by doing it. And the cycle continues. Yeah. But you know, you know a lot of us don't realize that's... A lot of decisions we make and the way we move through a lot of our relationships is built in, like we say all the time, some type of trauma, some type of event that happened in your life. And then event doesn't even have to, like, for example, I am hyper independent, hyper independent. Mm -hmm. I'm hyper independent and I've been made to 
to be hyper independent because of how I was raised, right? Mm -hmm. And there was resentment for a very long time towards my mother, right? Mm -hmm. For the hyper independence that I, I, I exhibit in my life. Right. Why can I just not just let this go? Why right. do I have to feel like nobody can take care of me but, but me? Right, like, but, yeah. I, you can't take care of me as good as I take care of me. Right. I don't trust you to take care of me as much as I can take care of me. So I put a lot of resentment on her. But I mean, I put a lot on her, which then caused me to resent, right? right. And then there was resentment when I was younger growing up because I felt like you made me grow up too fast. Like, I'm 10. Why am I taking care of a, of a five-year-old, mm-hmm. a six-year-old? This is insane. Why am I a latchkey kid? Right. All Gen X went through that. But I'm like, what, what, why is this happening to me? Right. But looking back on it, and I say this a lot, I had to let that resentment go. And mm-hmm. the reason why is because I had to give, we talked about this. Everything we talk about all ties back in. I had to give my mom empathy and grace mm-hmm. because she was so young when she had us. Right. That she was still growing up and trying to figure out her life. My mother was 44 when she died. I was 21 going on 22. Mm -hmm. You understand? Like that is. So imagine how old she was. She was 37 and I was in high school. Yeah. 37. And I was a senior in high school. Yeah. Like I I could imagine at 37 having a high schooler. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's just me. I did. But that was a bonus, baby. But still, it's a lot. It's yeah. kind of you kind of pause and you're like, "Huh, that's kind of crazy." Yes, it's that, it's, that you're it's this a lot. Because both my kids are in college now, so well, one's about to be done and one's in their sophomore year. But it does cause you to pause and rethink the aspects of your life. And you're right? Like, what the hell is going on? But I'm just saying, knowing you and knowing you at 37, knowing me at 37, bitch, what was we equipped to do? With some children. Girl. <laughs> you understand what Not I'm that. saying? I was getting right. married, I think, at 4 to 37, maybe. Right. And yeah, I so, got married at 37, I think. So I'm just saying that resentment does build. Mm. And it what you know, it is a keeping score thing. It like that keeping score thing is very real, right? Yeah. So that was what and I it said can was seep. Yes. It's something that builds like drip, 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 drip. Yes. Drip. Yes. Yes. So it takes over. The second, yes, Mm -hmm. it can. The second one that I said was very important was health or medical issues. Yes. Yes. And that is a, 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 a fear of mine because I have my own health issues, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody does. Right. Um, but you have to start to wonder how your partner feels constantly having to Mm -hmm. deal with whatever medical situation you have going on yeah i was yeah yeah i was yeah i was watching this uh show Mm -hmm. and um it was it wasn't a real life show it was like a episode of some show i was watching Mm -hmm. and the woman had cancer had to go chemo radiation she just wasn't um physically up to being intimate with her husband her husband i mean her husband was an asshole through this whole show but um and she was he winds up cheating on her and cheating on her with one of her best friends Mm. that's the side thing but they started to talk about how he felt he he started to resent her because he was like i know i said better or or worse in sickness and hell but i didn't really know that i was gonna have to deal with the sickness part people never are ready for that part Never. They only, wanted, they only want everything happy and rainbows and unicorns and shit. Like nothing's ever going to happen. Right. And I love you. And I feel like, yes, you are the love of my life. But I needed, there were needs that I need that had to be met. And you could not meet them. Mm-hmm. Physically, emotionally. And he was said he was taxed. He was exhausted. Because having to take care of her and the kids just drained him. And I'm not saying that he was right, mm-hmm. but I understand how some people can get to that point. Well, I understand how people get to that point when they don't communicate, when they right. avoid conflict, because you don't want to engage you. I feel like if that were ever to happen to me, please have the conversation with me. Mm-hmm. 
before you decide to do anything crazy like that. Because most people don't or won't. The resentment doesn't have to build. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's it's. We talked about it in our endo group. We've had a couple our endometriosis black group. We've had a couple sessions or workshops where we talk about living with a chronic illness and being married. Mm. And what does that do for your spouse? And I have multiple chronic illnesses, unfortunately. And, you know, not to put all my business out there, but, you know, my husband and I have had some trying times, even though he knew going into, and that's partly why I married so late because I didn't want to burden anybody with the ailments that I had, knowing how severe they could be and how debilitating they could be. And that's not something I wanted to put on somebody. Mm -hmm. Most of my life I've tried to, probably unfortunately to my detriment, have kept a lot of what I needed and not addressing my needs because I didn't want to be a burden. Mm-hmm. on on him but even there was a conversation that we had had what one time and I'm like you know I know you know I'm sick but you know you didn't sign up for this and you know I, we just need to debt it and I'm gonna go do my own thing and do over here because this is a lot for for you and then I felt guilty but then there were times when we had the conversation I know you must have some resentment and because of how you may feel when you may be trying to take care of me and things and you can't fix it because he's a fixer well most and, men are fixers yeah, that's what they want to do exactly and he couldn't fix it because it's chronic and i'm sure that there were times where we've had i know for a fact there's been some resentment there but it's also been on the other side as well mm-hmm. you know for me and some of the stuff that he's gone through with it like with the child support and the child custody thing and me having to go down to Virginia in a court and testify all these times, you know, so it, it, it changes hands and may show up differently. But that medical thing, that that's heavy. It is. And you don't, I think that when people, I think there are two areas in life that people really need to have conversation with people about before they enter into it. Mm -hmm. One is health. Well, no, one is marriage Mm -hmm. and one is pregnancy. Okay. Mm -hmm. Finances. Well, yeah, finances. But what I mean by by finances is all encompassing in marriage, right? Right. When you don't have a full, complete picture of what it means to be married. Ooh, you're and preaching. things that go into being married. That is when a lot of complications and miscommunication happen. I'm just you go into here, a marriage, y'all. I feel like there needs to be like something in school or something. Because people don't really understand what you have to put into being in a marriage. And when you say these vows, people say the vows, but what do you really mean by this? In richer or for poorer? People just look at all that. And and, And the thing is, I'm very, I always say this, I'm very proactive. So going into a situation, I'm like, yes, it's for richer, but I need to be prepared for poorer. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's in sickness and in health. I, no health, but I'm preparing for sickness. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I go into situations always having a backup plan, planning for the worst. Not to say that I'm doom and gloom because I'm not, Mm -hmm. but I'm also a realist and understand that things could happen. Mm -hmm. And so if things happen, what can we do? Okay, now that I'm married, let me make sure my long-term disability is set in place because if something happens to either one of us, we need to make sure that stuff is secured and locked. Life insurance, all those types of things. Exactly. You have to prepare for those things. A lot of people don't don't really sit and take the time to have those conversations and really fully prepare yourself. Pregnancy. (laughs) That right there. (laughs) Conversations that really need to be had around pregnancy. Like people get pregnant and thinking that it's, that it's going to be one thing and then it's not. And it does lead to resentment meant yes. these things lead to resentment like you getting married to somebody okay and then y'all having you trying to have a baby you can't 
but and it's not based on you it's based on your wife okay now you resent her because she can't give you a child yep. or you're a woman who can have a child but your partner got issues with him him and he can't or y'all don't know what the issue is right it ain't it's not showing that it's you or him mm-hmm. so now y'all resent each other because it's just like well why i get married to you if i knew i wouldn't have got married to you if i knew right we always look at the happy, but never prepare for the sad. Never do. And it's a lot don't of people. To process it. No, it's a lot of people married to people, and a person that, like you get married, and a person has a stroke, and now you got to take care of him, and you resenting it because I didn't sign up for this. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. But you did though. But you, but you did. did though. That part right there. <laughs> but you did though. But you did though. Yeah, that that situation wasn't present when you started dating them, and you got engaged, and you got married. But that's what you signed up for. Hello. That doesn't mean that there's not going to be resentment there. But you can try to curb that resentment by having the conversation while it's going on. Mm-hmm. And trying to figure out a balance. It's going to be hard. Yeah. They need to bring back home ec. You know, remember back in the day when you had to carry a bag of flour or an egg? And mm-hmm. you were partnered up with somebody? Mm-hmm. And who had to babysit? And, like, that shit was real. Like, folks were like, well, I want to go hang out. You can't. Well, I don't want to have this baby no more. Well, you should have thought of that before you went and picked up that bag of flour. Right. But you know but what I'm mean, saying? Yeah, but I, I I, kind of like think that like when you really have an honest conversation about these life events, if people really got real. Yes. If they got real, real. Con- conversation, it would be totally different because, again, you have to understand when you are taking on or like parents. If you're having a child, how are you going to resent the child that didn't ask to be brought into this world? Hello. They didn't ask to be here. So now you resent the them because you can't go out? Yep. Because now you don't have the money to move around and maneuver like you used to? Mm-hmm. So now you're putting that resentment on a child that ain't even asked to be here? Mm-hmm. Well. This is where a lot of conflicts in families come. Yeah. So true. Or you're a person who gets... I watched uh, Queer Eye. And this woman, long story short, went to jail, came out of jail, was avoiding her adult children. She had like six or seven children or something. Um, And before she even went to jail, she was having conflicts with raising her children and being a mother. Because she said she was never taught how to love. So she didn't know how to love her children. And her children, some of her children resented her, rightfully so. Uh Uh-huh. For how she raised them right. and how she was towards them, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It if is. You don't have that guidance in some way, shape, or form because it does not automatically happen. It's learned behavior. Mm-hmm. You don't come out knowing how to do all these things, you don't come out knowing how to be a husband, a wife, a parent. You know, like, yeah, there's books and everything, but you would have to read them. Mm-hmm. And then people do what they know. And then people don't don't know what they don't know. They don't. You know? And, you know, the to say all this to say is like, we all have had resentment. Some people resent people for things, have resentment that are over the dumbest things. Yep. Some people have resentment over real life shit. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, the, like I said, the real life shit is the keeping score, the health, the chronic issues. That's yeah. some real life shit. That but how do we let this day to day? Right. But how do you let it go? Because you cannot let this fester. You cannot let yeah. this control you. I know people who maneuver and operate in a sense. Who operate just constantly day to day in a space of resentment, bitterness. Mm. Every day. Anger. Yep. Shame. And they all build up. This is how they operate every single day. It's exhausting. It has to be. Because I listen to people and I'm like, how in the world? But but if you see it, it will start to you see how it manifests in their life. Mm Mm-hmm. You see it. If you just take a step back, you're like, God. This is look at look at the look at how you you're get you gain a lot of weight around the middle because yes. you have so much stress the cortisol is just out now you looking like you know Halle Berry on top but 
Professor Klump on the bottom. Yeah. All because you just carrying all this negative stuff. Yes. And you suck and you know out. it. You as soon as you step in a room, it's like, oh God, they suck all Here they come. of the air. Here out they of the come. Room. And it's amazing how that one person can throw off. Energy is everything. And Energy I said, is real. We were going to do a podcast episode about low vibration, high vibration, mm-hmm. how your energy, you don't even, and the thing is, if you get out of your own way sometimes and you just stop thinking that you are perfect, you're yes. a perfect set specimen and there's nothing wrong with you. If people just get out of their way sometimes, they will be able to see how they, they physically show up. Yes. Because most if people somebody, have no idea that are in they that don't. space. Those that are in that space don't have the awareness or wherewithal right i've gotten to the point now where i'm fully aware of how i show up mm-hmm. i know when i'm showing up anxious i may not know sometimes in the moment but when i leave a situation i'm like damn i was really anxious in that situation mm-hmm. damn i was really nasty in that situation damn i was really judgmental in that situation mm-hmm. i can step back but you got to be aware, aware enough to step back but some of us aren't at all so we what do we do on on this podcast give you tools that's all we got we're all we got (laughs) (laughs) tell you how to get out of it let it go and with the letting it go we've talked about this on one of our other episodes about you know practice forgiveness now as we've said before it doesn't mean forgetting or excusing the action that led to the resentment but rather acknowledging the harm that was done and finding a way to let go of the negative emotions associated with it. This is a process. It's very difficult. It can be a very difficult mm-hmm. process. And you can go and be good one day and not and, and piss off the next. But it can be once you've reached that process, that point where you can let it go, it's liberating. It's empowering. It's like you have a weight lifted, lifted off your shoulders and you're frolicking. It can it can lead to frolicking. I don't know if they still have that um that meme. We're like, oh, yeah, we out, the brothers was like mm-hmm. out here frolicking and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, it can empower you and be like, you know what? I can't even get that's I'm not feeling that. I'm not I'm not here to match that energy. I'm moving on. But it is a process, you know, to let go of the resentment. Think about why it may help. It, it may definitely help you to consider why letting go is so difficult. What feelings come up, you know, from moving on. Are there things that are triggering for you? Do you Are you fearful of what's on the other side? Or do you think you're going to lose your identity if you let go of the resentment? Like, who well, am I without my resentment? There are some people who live in their victimhood. Yes. They don't know who they are yes. if they're not a victim. Ooh, I've seen that. And you ask them, like, why are you still in this situation? And every time they give you every situation, every excuse, and you're like, okay, but you've known that for years. Because some people are comfortable in their narrative and the right. narrative that they have created for themselves. Correct. And leaving that narrative is not something they're equipped to do or wanting to. And it, everybody, is, I think everybody goes through that phase at some point in their life for different situations. And either you stay there or you move through it and on to other things. And it, part of that is using your own self-compassion. You know, sometimes a lot of folks who hold on to resentment for long periods of time, you know, the anger and the regret that they have, it's a sense of security for them. Like they said, it's, they live with that victimhood, you know, but giving yourself some grace and stepping back, like you said, may allow some folks to recognize that while it's a coping mechanism and it makes them feel better in the short term, it can, it can really wear them out as time progresses. And then they just kind of get like, when people are like, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and at mm-hmm. some point they're like, I, I need to do something. Mm-hmm. I need to do something. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it takes people to hit rock bottom for them to acknowledge that and move forward. And then looking at empathy, empathy is so, so important. You know, a person that has caused a resentment um, may have been based on a misunderstanding or the person did something hurtful and they don't understand what they've done to you. There are a lot of people of that are oblivious and you may interpret something that they did. And that other person is like, what are you talking about? Like they really don't know what it is that they did to trigger you to resent them. And, but maybe stepping back and saying, well, maybe I can see it from their perspective. Maybe they thought I was doing this. 
mm-hmm. or maybe I was I was coming at them this way where I really didn't, um, or right. that's not how I intended to come off. And now that person is shading me, and now I'm resenting that person being shaded to me. And, and it's that's just lack of communication. That's something that I'm currently working on. Like my, I, I let go. I have empathy for my mother, right? So mm-hmm. I let all that go. I still have resentment to my mother's best friend. Uh-huh. A lot of resentment that I still need to work through and process. Uh-huh. Because my mother's best friend was like, y'all, how y'all are to Charlie is how my mother's best friend was to me. Right. I, for the longest time, really thought that she was my aunt, right? Like, until I understood how fa- families work and she wasn't my blood aunt, I really thought that she was my aunt. And I uh-huh. called her aunt. Uh-huh. And when my mother passed away, she kind of just disappeared. And right. she was given my, my mom was telling me about how the, the, there was things that my mom was resenting about her towards the end of her life. Mm-hmm. And I look at how she treated my mom towards the end of her life. And the, and this is based in my mom's reality. I don't know how my aunt would see it from right. her perspective, from my mother's perspective. This is how it was shown to me. Mm-hmm. But then I also looked at how she just stopped talking to me and my sister. Mm-hmm. Like, she didn't check on us. We were young women. We didn't have a mother anymore. We, I can't speak for my sister. I could have benefited for, from having her in my life as a, as a strong female figure. Yeah. As I started to navigate my twenties mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and I didn't have that. And so I re- I just, I still have a lot of resentment <laughs> towards her. And she's, you know, friended me on Facebook and she will, you know, say things here and there or if, she, if I post something with Charlie. But I think she kind of gets the vibe. Right. But I also understand that there's probably a lot of shame there on her end. So I'm trying to work through that resentment. And it was her best friend that passed. So at your age, thinking that she would have stepped up to do certain things. She may have not been in a space because she lost her best friend. And that's where there's rights. And where the empathy comes in. And exploring empathy is something that I'm definitely trying with. Like, I've had conversations with my sister sometimes, maybe reaching out to her so that she can meet Charlie because she hasn't. Mm -hmm. She's met Jackson before, but only when he was a little younger, like maybe he was two. Right. Um, And seeing how that is, I don't want to, I don't want to contact her and do that unless I'm sure when I see her, that right. is not that resentment is still not going to be there projected into her right. on her, I should say. So I'm still working through that. Um, and it's something that it's funny that you don't really realize. I'm forty, how old am I? Forty six years old, <laughs> and I'm still holding on to this from when I was twenty. Right. And I think it's because I'm so close to all of you, and I'm close to you know, your children. Right. And, and I can't imagine. Now, my relationship definitely isn't as close knit as that relationship was like to me. You know what I mean? Right, like right. this was like, and this was my mom's only friend. So it wasn't like there were other people competing for that attention from us. It was just her and us. Right. But I'd be damned if I wouldn't still check up on your children and be there in whatever capacity and try to impart some knowledge and wisdom. I just right. can't see myself not, not, not doing, doing that. that. Yeah. So I'm still working and processing through that. It's a lot. So that I at least maybe can still have a, a relationship. A with relationship her. at some maybe at some point. And then I can get to know my mother through her. Through her. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a tough it's a tough thing and something that I don't think necessarily has a roadmap per se. So like mm-hmm. you said, we're just giving you some tools and some things to think about. And then, you know, cultivating gratitude. You know, when your feelings of resentment bubble up, you know, try to list things that you're grateful for. So we talked about that when um during the the depression screening event this weekend. So when I, I started out the the group and I said, okay, first of all, before we get into the depression, anxiety and all that stuff, go around the room and say something you're thankful for. Mm-hmm. And then try to see through your through that lens what it is that we're talking about in the in the framework of depression and other mental health challenges. And it can kind of give you a step back to be like, okay, so I feel 
this way and maybe it, you know i feel i'm i'm privileged to be able to do this even though this is what's getting me down and it doesn't always work and that's part of life but it may give you a different perspective of okay i know i'm resenting this person and feeling these feelings and resentment but on the other hand i'm happy that you know i can still go do something else that i didn't think i could do some to that effect i can't think of an example right right now. um but it it may distract you from focusing on the self-victimization and before it can take root because you are thankful for everything case in point the person there's an individual in my life that everything is is woe is me and i and i'm just like but you know at least you have this this and this and they're like well yeah but that's just not like da 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 and i'm like oh my lord and right. I'm listening to them complain and you can tell that they have resentment. And she's like, don't you think such and such? And I should agree. And I'm like, look here, I just got over brain surgery. So I'm just happy to be on the phone talking to you. So there's that. And then sometimes that person will be like, okay, well, you, you kind of got a point. I guess I should be thankful for what I have and mm-hmm. not focus on the resentment. Right. But it, it's different for everybody because you don't know where in that process people are. Yeah. And it's a lifelong process for some. Yeah. You know, and some people need a lot of resentment builds up to the divorce if, if people get divorced. Mm-hmm. And then that's why they stay single because they never want to get back into a relationship because they have all these other feelings, which are understandable and justifiable, but not thinking about all the good things that may have led to you being where right. you are. Or being estranged from your family. Yes. Not losing friends, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope we've imparted some wisdom knowledge <laughs> power <laughs> to you uh with resentment mm-hmm. um and we're going to take a quick break and come back with the last of the day and we're back this is the last sip of tea resentment is a complex emotion that can arise from a variety a variety of experiences. <laughs> While it can be a natural response to certain situations, it is important to address it in a healthy and constructive way in order to avoid negative consequences. By practicing forgiveness and finding ways to let go of negative emotions, we can move forward and live happier, more fulfilling lives. Amen. Hallelujah. So, like Z said, hope you got some stuff out of this and can apply it to to your life in the areas that may that resentment may show up. But all in all, we still thank you for joining us this week on Sipping Tea with Nat and Z. As you know, you can follow us on Instagram at Sipping Tea underscore Nat and Z underscore Pod, and on Facebook at Sipping Tea Nat and Z to get info on our podcast topics, guests, and news. Thanks for listening, and catch us next episode. Where we get into how to enjoy this summer. We outside, y'all. We outside. <laughs> <laughs>